Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. My family tells me that uh, I am a very difficult person to buy for at Christmas. Uh, and, I, and I think the reason behind that is, you know, you get to a certain stage in your life where if you want something, you just go get it. Uh, and who needs more stuff? Anyway, that's right, Amazon, at your fingertips. Uh, and so Christmas is always kind of a challenging time. Uh, but uh, I find that uh, I much more enjoy buying gifts than I do receiving gifts. That's just me. And, and of course, everybody talk about Christmas and, and, uh, and the season and, uh, and the children. I mean, you love to see the, the faces on the children. They get so excited for Christmas and Christmas Day and, and, and opening their presents and then playing with the wrappers and the boxes and uh, all that fun stuff. But I like to think that as I, as I grow older and I mature in my faith, that as, as giving uh, becomes more and more challenging uh, for people to give to me, uh, that my focus shifts away from the, all the commercialism and all the, uh, the, the buying frenzies and the, and the wrapping. And, and, uh, and I think about the reason for the season, the birth of our Savior, and all that that means for us. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open them to the Gospel of John the 14th chapter. I have no idea what the page number is in the Bible in the pew. You can find it, I'm sure. I love the 14th chapter of John. I, I love the Gospel of John. It's, uh, it's probably my favorite book in the, in the New Testament. And as, you, as we work our way through, chapter 14, 15, and 16, just speak to me in powerful ways. Uh, Judas Iscariot has left. Jesus is up in the, uh, in the upper room with his disciples. Uh, he's instituted the Lord's Supper. He's washed their feet, which just throws him for a loop. Um, and, uh, and he talks about what's going to happen. And, and they are struggling because they've got these plans for Jesus. They have his whole life mapped out. And they know what the next day and the day after that and the day after that is going to bring. And it is sunshine and roses. But Jesus knows better. He knows that literally hours he's going to be arrested. And he knows that he's going to the cross. And as he begins to share these thoughts with his disciples, which, which he has done, for the past year of his ministry, he sees their anxiety levels rising. In the opening verses of the 14th chapter, say it all. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. 
In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. And you know the place to where I am going. Wonderful, comforting words that they didn't understand. (laughs) But as we move through, and I would encourage you, just take the time to read. Actually, 14, uh, 15, 16, and 17. Chapter 17 in the the book of John is the Lord's Prayer. I I know we we prayed together earlier in the service today what what we call the Lord's Prayer. Technically speaking, that's known as the disciples' prayer. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, when you pray, pray this way. That's a, that's a prayer for the disciples. If you really want to read the Lord's Prayer, read Jesus' prayer. That's the 17th chapter of John all day long. But read, read the three chapters before that as well. Take him maybe 10 minutes, not, not long. But he says all this stuff to him. Jump down to verse 25 for me, if you will. I have spoken, I've spoken this, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. And then he circles back. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives. And I've been thinking about that all week long as we light the candle of peace today, following the candle of hope, moving through the Advent season, wondering about this gift of peace that Jesus offers to us and how it differs from the the peace that the world gives to us. And if we truly understand this gift of peace that Jesus gives to us, then how can we in turn give that gift of peace to others? What does the peace of God, this peace that Jesus has given to us, look like in your life? What does it look like? A couple of verses jump out at me. I, uh, I can't help but uh, jump to the fifth chapter of the book of Romans where Paul writes this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. The peace that we have with God is knowing that we can be forgiven. Not only can we be forgiven, but that through Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. 
The weight of unforgiveness weighs so heavily on so many people I encounter. And I shared with you a couple of weeks ago uh, how it breaks my heart when I hear somebody say, God can never forgive me for what I have done. What a burden to carry when there is no need. For there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. That peace of knowing that I, I can be forgiven. Me. I mean, when I look at the things that I've done in my life, I'd shake my head sometimes. And God whispers into my ear, David, you are my beloved child in whom my son dwells through the presence of the Holy Spirit, and you live in my unshakable kingdom. And to know that I am a child of God whom he loves and I dwell in his unshakable kingdom gives me incredible peace that just belies my external circumstances. To rest in that, knowing that I have got, I've got peace with God because of who Jesus is, which gives me peace in my own heart. And without that peace with God and in my own heart, I'm never going to be at peace with other people in any sustainable way. That's the difference between the peace that Jesus offers and the peace that the world offers. The world offers conditional peace. And when we think of the word peace, most people jump to a definition that says peace is the absence of conflict. And that is a definition for peace, and that is the kind of peace that the world gives. And you can be at peace with someone until they wig out on you. And it happens all the time. Relationships are challenging. Why? Because we fail so often to meet other people's expectations of us. And expectations are funny things. Because first off, they're not all spoken. We all have unspoken expectations. And the other thing is that not all our expectations are realistic. Unspoken, unrealistic expectations are Dangerous, and they're all around us. They're like minefields. And we walk through our own minefields with, with ease because intuitively we know where not to step. But you bring somebody else into your minefield and you know it. You laugh because you know that it's like, what happened? Conditional peace that the world gives. And you know what? The statement that really brought it home to me was. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. That's the peace that the world gives. It's, it's, it's very precarious. And it's there one minute and it's not. And you have, find, we find ourselves walking on eggshells around people because we don't want to step on some unknown, unspoken expectation that they have and have it blow up in our faces. That's the peace that the world offers. And Jesus says, I've got a different peace for you. In the fourth chapter of Philippians, 
Paul writes this. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's the peace that we as believers should enjoy. How do, we, how do we get that? Do you have that in your life? Is it a part of who you are? And if not, why not? That's probably another sermon. The peace of God is very tangible. And when I find it missing in my life, I realize that the reason why it's missing in my life is because I have inadvertently substituted the peace that the world has to offer. And I'm looking for that. Which lays a lot of expectation upon the people who are in my life. And it kind of lets me off the hook. Because if there's conflict in my life, I can say, what's wrong with you? Which side of the bed did you wake up on this morning? And I can deflect, and it becomes very impersonal. But that's not the peace that is sustaining. The peace that sustains us is the peace that Jesus gives to us. And it's the peace in knowing that we are reconciled with God. That we are in the process of being restored along with creation transformed into the image of Christ as we live our lives day by day. The season of Advent is a time to remember that. Christmas is a time to remember that. As we celebrate the birth of our Savior on December 25th, we think about and prepare for the, uh, the inevitable fulfillment of God's promise that he will come back. And in the fullness of time, Christ shall return, and the old will pass away, and all things will be new, and we will inherit the earth. That's what the psalmist was talking about. That's what the Beatitudes talk about when they say that the meek shall inherit the earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. That day will come. That's a promise that is yet to be fulfilled. And we wait for that fulfillment. And we think about that through Advent as we talk about the hope that is ours for the future and the peace that is ours right now because of who Jesus is. And Christmas is a wonderful time, a wonderful opportunity for us to offer that peace as a gift to others. And how do we do that? I'm telling you, you can't do it through a box of chocolates because chances are you're going to buy the wrong brand. <laughs> you can't do it through a tie. You can't do it through anything that is tangible. The gifts that represent the peace of God are gifts that touch people's lives. And that's why years ago, 
we started the alternative Christmas market here at Grand Memorial. And there are other churches that engage in this market as well. We, we, don't, have the, we don't have the corner on this, uh, on this concept. But the idea of, of using the limited resources that we have to touch lives, to make a difference for the kingdom of God and the opportunity through those gifts to make available or, or, or perhaps for someone to see the first time tangibly what that peace of God looks like. So different from the peace that the world offers. And so in the past, we've done a, a, a full market in the back with, with booths and tables set up, and, and you got to do your Christmas, some of your Christmas shopping back there. COVID has made that practically impossible. Online, the online marketplace is open. This next week, you'll receive, as I said in the announcements, uh, you'll, you'll receive a letter from the church, and inside the church, there'll be a, inside the envelope, there'll be a letter that, that talks about the alternative Christmas market. And uh, uh, for people that still like to do stuff old, old school, there's a, a market list in there, things that you can, that you can purchase, uh, and, a, and a list of the various ministries that we support in and through our alternative Christmas market. And, uh, uh, and I love each and every one of these projects. And you know them. We, we've, we've had the same, uh, mostly the same mission uh, uh, partners for, for, for many, many years. The International School Project, uh, the Redunzels were just here. And the teachers that are saying, please bring this curriculum that teaches a biblical ethic to our children. We want this. Can you come and bring that? Yes, we can. So a gift to International School Project is a gift that brings hope and an invitation to examine the peace that is beyond our comprehension. It's there. New Day Ministry, we had Raul here not too long ago. And uh, through the efforts of many of you and, the, uh, and, and Rick and Katie Moore Foundation, they, they are in the process, They've, they're pulling the permits, and they're going to put in showers. I had somebody come to me the other day and said, do you have a facility here where I can take a shower? Something as simple as that that restores dignity to people. As they like to say at New Day Ministry, we, we aren't a place where you go to get a hand out. We're a place where you come to get a hand up. Urban Ministries, uh, New Day Ministries is our face to the urban poor. What a way to give people hope and introduce them to a peace that is beyond all comprehension. Pioneer Ministries, the work that the Currys are doing in planting churches uh, in their part of the world. Baja Presbyterian Missions just across the border. Some of you still remember the day when that, in, when that ministry was introduced to us, Harry Jenkins. Some of you remember Harry. That window used to have a crack in it. And I called it the Harry Jenkins Memorial Crack because he was opening the window one day with that pole and smacked a tile and it cracked. <laughs> but ever since he got out of, uh, before he died and went to the Lord, as soon as he was released from the POW camp uh, in, in Hanoi, uh, he stood at that door every Sunday. And he stood up here and he showed you the plans 
for the ministry right down to the toilets that they wanted to put in. You know that, some of you know that story. Our southern neighbor who still has great need. And yes, there are, there are crooked politicians south of the border. Guess what? See, I don't even have to complete that statement. <laughs> Military Outreach Ministries. We, you know, with this congregation has a heart for the junior enlisted. It's tough. Being in the military is tough. The people who are in the military, they pay a price that the majority of the world, the majority of our nation will never understand. I've heard that in the United States, less than 10% of the population of the United States of America knows anybody who is active duty military. Yeah, we think, how can that be? We have active duty military right here this morning. They're all around us. We celebrate the sounds of freedom, whether they're the helicopters or the planes coming into North Island or you, you hear the bullets going off as the SEALs are training the new, uh, the new classes. It's part of who we are. Oh, it's a special part of who we are. And to take care of the junior enlisted that are in our communities, what a, what a way to give them hope and introduce them to the peace that is beyond all comprehension. Who else do we have? San Diego Rescue Mission. San Diego Rescue Mission is a great ministry. I hate to say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say this because it's very true. San Diego Rescue Mission doesn't need your money. If you want to give a gift, of a monetary gift, choose one of the other ministries here. Don't give it to San Diego uh, uh, Rescue mission. They've got all the money they need. You know what they need? They need an hour of your time. Two hours of your time. Are you willing to come down and actually help with the clients that move through the San Diego Rescue Mission? The gift of your time is priceless. And what a way to introduce people to hope and peace through the time that you give in the name of Jesus Christ who said, if you offer a cup of cold water in my name, it'll be a blessing. Seven sisters in, in India. India's got some challenges. Yeah. Do you know there are people that think that India is actually has more people than China? You know, they say, oh, there's more Chinese in the world than any other nation. Maybe not. We don't know how many people are in India. Because there are so many people that the majority of the births go unrecorded. When you go to India, you realize that. I mean, the, the crowds are overwhelming wherever you go. The day my daughter came back from, uh, she was over there for, for 15 months uh, working with seven sisters. And uh, the first Sunday, uh, or the first day that she was back, I took her to breakfast over at Clayton's because that was something that we used to do was once a week, a father-daughter thing. And, and we walked across the street and she stood out in the middle. It was early in the morning because her, her clock was all screwed up. Six o'clock in the morning on a, a, a mid, midday week, whatever it was, she stood in the middle of C Avenue right in front of the church. She just stood there and looked around. She said, this is amazing. And I said, why is this amazing? She says, because there's no people. <laughs> the work that Seven Sisters is doing, giving hope and bringing peace into the lives of these girls who have been rescued from trafficking, 
who apart from ministries like Seven Sisters would have no hope and no peace. What a great way to give the peace of Christ at Christmas. The ministries of uh, Sojourn Charitable here, I, I, and I, you know, we're, some of this is being recorded, so I can't use names, but uh, uh, the ministries that we have in the Middle East right now, in Beirut, active. And what's going on there? Lebanon is collapsing, if it hasn't already collapsed. I mean, their neighborhoods are, are, uh, get, get their own generators and supply fuel just to keep the basic, uh, uh, you know, elect lights working and, you know, stoves working. If you have electric stove, all that kind of stuff. It is, it is on the verge of collapse, and yet our missionaries are not leaving. They're there, not going anywhere. It's dire straits. You read lately what's going on in Ethiopia. We talk about uh, 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 TDMM uh, and New Generations, the work that's going on there. Uh, we just received a, a video message from, from, from Achi, and uh, the State Department has pulled everybody out. And uh, they are on the brink of civil war. It's just right outside of Addis now. And, and, are the, is, and you know what? Achi and his kids, could they leave? Absolutely they could leave. He's got enough contacts into the West. They could come out. Are they leaving? No, they're not. They're staying put. Because you know what he says? He says that the Lord is going to open up amazing doors. This is an unprecedented opportunity for the gospel. And they're there. And our gifts help support that and make that happen. One of his partners the Moads in Chiang Mai, the students here in, 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 in San Diego through Urban Youth Collaborative, the work that Nate Landis is doing with Urban Youth Collaborative is just, it's, it's unbelievable. And one of our own is getting ready to go back on the mission field, Megan Smith. Uh, yet last week they said the Smithsters, <laughs> which is what they call themselves, the Smithsters, took over the service. Oh, yeah. Megan's going back to Cameroon to work with the children of the missionaries who are over there translating the Bible into a local heart language. <laughs> and we've been involved with Bible translation for a long time. But to see someone from our own congregation that we've watched grow up now go over there, what a great opportunity. These are the things that we do in the alternative Christmas market. We get, mar we get our shopping lists, and we go through, and, and it's like, oh, man, I don't want to get that person a tie. I don't want to get them a box of chocolates that they may not like. They're probably diabetic. And cheese, well, stinky cheese is always good. <laughs> but to remember the Christ child as we do our Christmas shopping, you know, the kids are always, the kids are looking, got to make sure that, you know, that Johnny doesn't get one more package than Susie. And you, and, and, and you got to train them that sometimes, you know, big things come in small packages. And you'd play these games with your kids when you want to treat them fairly. And I've told you a couple of years ago, we just decided to add one more kid into our shopping list. So we buy now for four because we got a son-in-law. Who, by the way, is going to get his green card by the end of the year. We're very excited for Louis. He, he can now travel outside of the country, go see his, his mom in England. Uh, but So we shop for four kids 
at Christmas. Our son, our daughter, her husband, and Jesus. And we want to treat them all alike. And the way we treat Jesus is through the alternative Christmas market. So when you get that envelope in the mail on Monday or Tuesday, or if you find yourself just going to the church website and just scroll down, you'll see that the market is open. Remember that as you shop the alternative Christmas market, you're bringing the very themes of Advent alive in offering hope and an invitation to peace to those who are in desperate need. What a way to celebrate the season of Advent and the birth of our Savior. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. It ends up I'm not so hard to buy for at Christmas after all. Because a gift given through the alternative Christmas market and a note that lets me know that that gift was made just brightens my heart. And it helps me to maintain a proper focus of the season. Oh, I still love to see the faces of children ripping through packages. But in my heart, I know that the season's about so much more than that. And the opportunity to restore hope and to present a peace that the world cannot give is an opportunity not to be missed. Merry Christmas.